This is Invincible Career. I'm Larry Cornett. Did you know that people lose interest in your conversation if you talk longer than 40 seconds uninterrupted? To make matters worse, our bodies release dopamine, that feel-good hormone, when we talk about ourselves. So the more we talk and we hear ourselves talk, the better we feel. So the more we talk. And uh, we become addicted to that. It's a good feeling. So it's no wonder that this is on average. People spend about 60% of their conversations talking about themselves. And when people are on social media, that goes up to like 80%. So couple that with feeling nervous during a job interview or a challenging meeting, and you may end up running your mouth a lot. I previously shared the horror story of a stressful one-on-one meeting with one of my managers. I link that in the newsletter. That's uh, at newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. The more he was smiling and silently nodding, the more I kept babbling and rambling on and on and on. I mean, it was horrible. Some of the best professional advice I received was to know when to shut my mouth. I met with an executive several years ago, and he shared some really valuable feedback. He'd been watching me present, pitch, debate, negotiate in meetings, and I don't remember his exact words, so I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he said, you have to know when to stop and be quiet, pay attention, read the room, and recognize when you've won the argument. I've watched you. You keep going for the kill to hammer it home. You've already won, but you keep talking and selling. Stop. Just stop. Take your win and walk away. That feedback burned into my brain. I mean, from that moment on, I have been hyper aware during meetings and conversations. You know, I may be in a meeting, I have 10 selling points that I want to make ready to go. But if someone says, yeah, they agree after let's say number three, I stop and I take the win. I just stop. There's no need to run the conversation into the ground with that burning desire that I have to get through my whole pitch. You know, for example, this was many years ago. My startup co-founders and I were pitching to raise our seed round. I had created a full pitch deck, you know, those monster pitch decks with all the bells and whistles. I had the the company's vision and mission. I had the founding team and all the information about us, the product concept designs, the competitive landscape, a business model, the whole product roadmap, a revenue forecast, which was completely ridiculous. You know, the works. We were meeting with an angel investor, and I don't think I made it through maybe four to five slides. And he said, Hey, I'm in. What do you need from me? And I immediately closed my laptop and I ended the presentation. One of the co-founders kept talking. He started talking about the sales pipeline or something. I don't remember what it was. And I just quickly shot him a, a warning look and he closed his mouth. We briefly explained what we wanted. The investor said, okay, send me the details. And that was it. So we took the win, stood up, we shook his hand, said, thanks. 
and drove a few miles away down the road to celebrate. So if you're rambling during meetings or presentations, job interviews, and you're answering questions and they're scattered and all over the place and incoherent, it's probably due to one or more of these four reasons. You have a lack of focus, a lack of preparation, a lack of practice, or you're lacking some conversational skills, at least in that conversation. (laughs) So first and foremost, what is your goal with the conversation? What outcome do you want? What do you want the listener to do? Now that should be pretty clear (laughs) When when you're doing a job interview. I mean, you want the job, right? You want to get an offer. But other discussions and meetings may require a little bit of work to figure out what the focus is. Are you trying to educate someone? Are you selling something? Are you trying to persuade the listener? Are you trying to convince them to do something? Or are you trying to explain why something went wrong? What do you want to happen as a result of this conversation? That will be your primary focus that guides every word that comes out of your mouth. No more and no less. And then next, create a speaking framework. So do you think any of the big Hollywood movies that you've enjoyed watching were total improv? I mean, all of the folks on screen were improving together. Kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, of course not. They wrote and rewrote those scripts hundreds of times, maybe thousands of times from concept to final performance. So do the same. Write your own script for your next important discussion. Using that overarching goal and what you want the conversation's focus to be, create a speaking framework that will guide you. But keep it simple. Keep it simple for a couple of reasons, because first, it will be a lot easier to remember what you want to say. And second, which relates to this whole concept, it will keep you from talking too much. So first, think about how do you want to open the discussion? What's the key point you want to make? What's the hook to grab their attention? You know, for example, say, did you know that we're wasting $5 million a year on office supplies that no one uses. That'll get somebody's attention. So write a brief intro, the pitch or the background that you need to explain, but keep it short. And then what are the key points you want to make? You may have dozens of things that you want to say or some long list of wonderful selling points, but you have to resist the urge to ramble through them all. Because when you do that, you just put people to sleep and you end up forgetting half of them. So prioritize and pick the top three points. I like the rule of threes. I love threes. Focus on making those tight and powerful. Use interesting real world examples and stories to have greater impact. The best storytellers know that human beings just love a good story. It has a strong impact on a listener I link to this in the newsletter. So check out 
the but and therefore rule. It's from the South Park co-creators, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And it's a, it's a really simple technique that makes your storytelling a lot more interesting. I link that in the newsletter. If you go up to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, you can find this. And then finally, write your closing statement. How do you want to wrap everything up? What's your final pitch? What's the selling statement or something memorable that you want to leave the listener with? Next, it's practice, practice, practice. I mean, you should be practicing your material dozens of times. For example, a couple of years ago, I spent over 50 hours rehearsing out loud and recording myself on video for a one-hour presentation. I've talked about this before. It's a talk that I gave in Australia. 50 hours of practice for one hour on stage. And it still wasn't perfect. I still forgot some stuff. But at least it wasn't a disaster. I think it went okay. I think it was good. And you may be thinking, sure, that makes a lot of sense for presentation. But if I'm just meeting with someone, what's the point? I don't have to practice that much. If it's going to be an important meeting, you should do some rehearsal. You have to think through what you want to say and how you will say it. Those are both important. Lack of preparation and practice, it's one of the biggest reasons that most meetings suck and people are totally burned out. These rambling meetings where everybody's just talking and droning and what's the point? Things that could have been done in 15 minutes going on for an hour. You don't want to be the cause of a meeting that feels like a waste of time. No one wants to hear you ramble and drone on and on without getting to the point. And maybe you're still thinking, this is just too much work. Too much work. I don't want to do this. Then you have to stop complaining when people say you come across as uncertain or unfocused or long-winded. It's your own fault. And if you don't want to put in that kind of effort to practice for a job interview, then you got to stop whining when you don't get an offer. Do you want the job? Do you? I mean, if you don't, then don't worry about it. Go watch some Netflix. Go play a game. Do something else instead of practicing. But if you do want the job, you got to put in the work. And it takes considerable effort to research and rehearse so much that you know your material and yet you sound natural. It sounds polished and professional, but it doesn't sound robotic. So first you got to read through your outline, your material, that framework that I just mentioned, and then start editing. The first draft of anything you create is going to be terrible. I do a lot of editing on my newsletters and my articles and tons of editing on my presentations and then read through and refine it again. Run it through spelling check and Grammarly and tools like that because your writing probably sucks. I mean, all of us (laughs) need help. I still use all these tools. I've been writing for decades. I've been writing hardcore for like five years, you know, tons and tons of articles, hundreds thousands of hours. And I still use Grammarly. I mean, we all suck without years of practice. And then record yourself on video. 
saying everything out loud. Try to do it without reading your notes word for word. Glance at your outline, glance at your notes, but then speak to the camera. You're probably going to be doing this over Zoom anyway. You're going to be uh, presenting to the camera. You're going to notice that you forgot a lot. That's normal. That's why you're practicing. You'll notice it, look at the notes, and go, ugh, and then do it again. Rehearse until you can present and you know answer questions like interview questions completely. Do it well without reading your notes verbatim. So now you'll probably have the material committed to memory, or at least, you know, pretty well. You'll have a good sense of it. But it's gonna sound robotic. It's gonna sound stilted. So that's the next phase. The next phase is rehearsing even more so that you can now riff on things. You can improv a little. You can play around with words. You can substitute on the fly. And it makes you sound natural. You know, do it into the camera and then practice smiling. Laugh. Use dramatic pauses. Have some fun with it. This makes it sound much more human. And then, you wouldn't think that I'd have to mention this one, but you have to use good conversational skills because that will prevent you from rambling and boring people to tears. Even with Zoom meetings, and maybe especially with Zoom meetings, you have to pay attention to how people are reacting. How are they behaving? Watch their eyes. Are they still paying attention to you or are they checked out? Are they reading their email? You can, you can tell when you've lost their interest. Check in with them. Ask questions. Make the listeners part of the conversation. Validate your assumptions. Ask for input. Ask for feedback. Vary the way you speak. You know, slow down. Don't fall into the trap of nervously mumbling a stream of words. People do that. They'll have a presentation or whatever, and they start speaking really fast and reading through all the words and going really fast and talking in a monotone voice. And nobody likes that. It puts you to sleep. So you got to vary your tone, your intonation. You have to use pauses for impact. You'll notice that when you pause, people will look up. They're going to wake up. <laughs> They're going to say, uh, what's going on? Why is it quiet? Make the discussion more lively and engaging. Unless you're on a stage, you know, giving a talk, obviously, that's going to be a monologue, right? You're going to be up on stage talking for 30 minutes or an hour. Or if you're doing a podcast like this, yeah, it's, a lot, it's a lot of talking, talking for 20 minutes straight or whatever. So unless it's like that, it's not supposed to be a monologue. It's supposed to be a, a conversation. It's supposed to be a discussion. So if you apply these conversational skills it's going to help you avoid that tendency to ramble and keep going on and on and on. And we sometimes do that when we're not getting a reaction or hearing anything back from other people in the conversation. You know, I mentioned that with uh, the manager I had. So, I mean, there is hope. You can fix this. If you've received feedback that your communication skills are lacking or you're not clear and concise, there is hope. You can use the strategies I just described to tighten up your conversational style. And I know because I've worked really hard to do that myself. I still have a lot of room for improvement. I mean, you never, 
You never are perfect at it. But I've slowly become better using a structured speaking framework and knowing, most importantly, when to shut my mouth. And now I will often have conversations where the other person does most of the speaking. That happens when I interview people for the other podcast that I'm uh, working on. It happens when I work with my clients. It's a whole lot of me listening. I ask questions. I make comments to keep the conversation flowing. And I learn so much by not speaking and by opening my ears. So invest in improving how you communicate. And it will pay off in a big way in your next job interview, important meeting, or big presentation. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.